Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Color podcast with your hosts Danusha and Megan. In today's episode, we chat to occupational therapist Sakshi Tiku. She is also a sexuality counselor, content creator, and recently the author of the book called Sex Care. She's brown, she's queer, and she's sex positive. We're so happy to have her on the show. Welcome, Sakshi. Hey, Dr. Sakshi, how are you doing today? Doing great, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having me over. Oh, we're so excited to chat with you today. What's uh, what's happening in India? What's the weather like? What's happening that side? So I'm from Mumbai and we are experiencing a multitude of climate within a day. So some days it's rainy, some days it's like chilly, some days it's hot. Um, in a word, basically, yeah, we're experiencing climate change in all its glory. But all in all, it's been good. It's been fun. The new year has begun on a really great note. And I hope that it goes ahead the same way for all of us. Yeah, uh, the same thing is happening in Cape Town. We are also experiencing climate change and um, really hot weather that we've really never experienced before. (laughs) Hi, we also, yeah, it was like 34 the other day and then it's like rain. So yeah, um, I think it's all over the world that the weather's changing. Absolutely. Definitely. So um, let's uh, get right into it, ladies. Dr. Tiko, please tell us more about yourself. And we also want to know, you know, tell us more about the work you do. A really great question. And um, so first off, uh, hi, everyone. I am an occupational therapist and a sexuality counselor. And my pronouns are she, her. I am a queer brown femme who is based in Mumbai and I'm practicing from Mumbai at this moment. Uh, It's not been very long for me to be practicing in this area. So it's about three years. I graduated in 2019. So I'm a tiny little toddler who's just learned how to walk. And currently the, the practice areas, my practice areas include um, sexuality, intimacy, and relationships, which is something that I deal with across lifespan, which is right from ages three years to 95 years. Um, And this is for people with disabilities, without disabilities, limitations, no limitations, because I truly believe that when we are talking about sexuality, everyone has been discriminated, maybe more, maybe less, but everyone has been discriminated and ripped off um, from the kind of pleasure that they want to be experiencing, from the human rights that they want to be experiencing. So a part of my work goes into that. The other part of my work focuses on advocating for sexuality and intimacy within my own profession, because it's not just people. Uh, healthcare professionals themselves do not have enough information, education, literature, research done on these areas. So a part of my work also goes into making sure that while I am moving ahead, I'm taking my entire community with me. And lastly, what I am trying to focus on, um, and it's something like it's a very uncharted territory for me, which is um, communicating with sex workers uh, and, and, and sexual assault survivors and understanding how they can navigate pleasure and how can they access basic medical rights when it comes to when especially sexuality is their entire occupation. So this is how all in all my work focuses on at the moment. Sure. I absolutely love everything that you do and I follow you on social media and I love 
you know, what you've created there, you talk about things that most people are uncomfortable, most women are uncomfortable talking about as well. And yeah, it's so inspiring and it's so helpful. Um, because we grow up thinking, you know, sex is this taboo topic that we shouldn't speak about and we should be shameful about or feel ashamed about it. And you have, you know, just put it at the forefront and made it so easy for us to learn. Your work is truly, truly just educational and so inspiring just to know more. So there is a study that actually said 31 to 40% of women have orgasms during intercourse. This seems so low. Um, is it because we lack the communication skills or are we conditioned to please our partners? Do you know what the reason may be? I mean, there's so many reasons behind it, but I think the first and this, I don't know, people can have different opinions about it. I'm truly glad that we are talking about sex, especially for cisgender women as well. But um, I don't know, for me, I think the whole idea of orgasms itself is overrated. And honestly, this is my opinion. This is, this is what I want. This is a thought mold that I want to break and change, uh, where I want to start talking about pleasure first. And then orgasm is something that comes along the way. For me, pleasure is a destination and pleasure is the journey. And I do not think about orgasms in the same way because everyone has, um, that's the beauty about this, this wonderfully chaotic body that we have. Everybody feels things in a different way, even though we have the same bodies, okay? We have the same organs, we have the same kind of skin, the same kind of neural network. But the way that we perceive each and everything that happens with our body, within our body, and the environment that we sustain in, it's so wonderfully different. And that is exactly what makes pleasure different. That is exactly what makes sex different. That is what makes relationships different. That is what makes us different. And that is why it's so unique. When we are, I think when we are placing so much of an importance on why aren't women orgasming? Or for that matter, why isn't someone orgasming? We are outrightly saying that just because somebody is not orgasming or basically equating orgasm with pleasure, which is absolutely not the situation. And I, I think that's one of the first and foremost thought that I want people to restructure when they are even approaching sex, when they are approaching pleasure. So I think that is one of the primary reasons because as a community, I'm so happy that we are talking about cis women not enjoying, not exploring, them being shamed into not, um, you know, not feeling desire, not expressing their desires, not communicating it, living up to someone else's standards. But, you know, when I talk, talk about modern women as well, somebody who has access to pleasure, somebody who can access pleasure, I think they are still not using their potential to, to its maximum. Like I said, they're not using their potential to its maximum benefits. That is how it is. We are constantly, um, okay, this can be so controversial, but I'm going to say it out anyway. <laughs> you can edit it if you want. But um, when we talk about the entire feminist revolution, right? We are talking about equal rights. We are talking about placing everything. In a way, this revolution 
amidst some of the community became, you know, it's like a red flag. I don't want to call it toxic, but it became like a red flag when people started thinking that somebody owes them something, right? And this was basically reciprocating the whole patriarchal culture once again, where once cis, cis men thought that women or their partners owed them pleasure, nobody owes you jack shit, and that's the truth. You are responsible for your own pleasure, and if you are seeking something, if you expect something from your partner, you will have to communicate, you will have to show them the way to reach there, or you will both have to explore, you all have, have to explore how to reach there collectively, if it's a partnered play, or with yourself if it's solo play. Nobody else, trust me, nobody else is going to show you the roadmap to find what pleasure looks like for you, if that's something that you are seeking. And if you think that orgasm is the holy grail, let me just burst that bubble because after some point you'll know how to orgasm, but you will still not enjoy the kind of sex that you'll be having. So I think that's one and like twofold reason that I feel that those rates are so low. Um, and I I fear that they can they would still be low if we do not take our pleasure seriously. Hmm, that's that's so interesting. I never thought of pleasure as a journey and a destination. And I have to agree with you that everyone is different. We have different bodies. We have diverse needs, and pleasure or the way we perceive pleasure is completely different for everyone. Um. I especially love that, um, you know, we need to restructure our thinking around orgasms um, and and communicate how we feel to our partners. So I just want to chat a little bit about sexual self-worth. How do we build our sexual self-worth? Such a beautiful question because we do not come across talking about self-worth in the realm of sexuality. And I always say for building self-worth, it it's going to be a twofold thing, obviously. So one is a relationship with yourself, with your own erotic self, understanding what is it that your body needs, what you like about your body, what you do not like about it. Why is it that you don't like about it? What messages have you heard about your body? How has that influenced the way that you behave with yourself, the way you treat with yourself, um, the things that you tolerate, the, the boundaries that you fail to draw? And I think this is a great, um, great point to start introspecting and challenging your inner critic and knowing how can I be more compassionate and more curious, even with my own self. And I'm not even going to preach the fact that you have to love yourself and self-love is it. It can be really difficult, um, especially for people who have experienced trauma, who have mental health concerns, especially in this age and post the pandemic that has shot up for each and every single person, irrespective of their age, irrespective of the place they are in. Everybody is in such a vulnerable state of mind. And that absolutely influences the way that you think about yourself, the way you look about yourself. Um, And the second fold reason is, however you understand your erotic self is, or you just, just your understanding of your whole entire self, both sexual and non-sexual, how do you decide to express that with the world? And who are you allowing to bring into that world, right? So when we are choosing partners, are we willing to 
stay as authentic as possible or are we going to um you know just make amends modify ourselves are there any deal breakers are there no deal breakers are we uh you know gullible enough to say change into whatever version our partner wants uh do we change our characteristics of behavior just to fit into some kind of mold just to you know find ourselves be acceptable by others all of these factors actually do constantly have an impact on our self worth and more or the less even no matter how much i say that you know i am confident but the more the moment i step out in the relational world the three dimensional world when i do that i will get anxiety because even though i'm confident of myself seeking validation um seeking assurance um feeling comfort in the company of others is a human nature that is exactly why we are humans we are relational beings and it constantly affects the way that we feel about ourselves it's easier said than done than saying others values and perception of us do not matter even if it does not matter it still influences us and i think that is a very tricky um a relationship for us to understand and i honestly think that that should be a part of early sex ed uh that's something that i work with my younger clients as well where we talk about boundaries where we talk about why somebody saying something hurts them what is the emotion behind it how do you react to it how do you respond to it and i think that's a very essential core part of self worth for somebody to build that self worth i think the answer is again going to be twofold then you start working with yourself understand the areas that you need to be working on and if you think that you can you have the power of introspection you can sit with yourself you can reflect great do it but if you think you cannot and you need somebody's help go talk to your friends go talk to your peers um colleagues or even a therapist for that matter bring in a professional um there is no shame um uh, in reaching out to one right if the resources are lacking sure i understand but um i think just talking to somebody who you can um feel comfortable with who you can be authentic self with who you can actually communicate with sharing that actually lightens off the load and gives you a new perspective sometimes sometimes that we can't generate in in a given moment so there's one and once you do understand what deal breakers are for yourself you are going to make sure that none of that enters in your world uh for example i have a deal breaker that uh when it comes to say romantic relationships um or or say sexual relationships i have to make sure that this person say values family but is also ambitious enough professionally so these are two characteristics that i really value um and if i do not see that in my partners i probably wouldn't be going ahead with the relationship but that's something that works out for me this is not a sentiment that may work out for someone else right so just understanding that this is a deal breaker and understanding that it's okay these are the two things that i really want and it's not going to happen so it's okay i can move on to a better relationship i can move on to another relationship if not better and i think just having that understanding that heartbreak wouldn't be bad if somebody rejecting you isn't a, a certification of the fact that you know you are not worthy of love you are not worthy of pleasure 
it's honestly it's never it's never you it's honestly them so yeah i think these are just two ways to go about understanding how self worth is and how can we try to build upon and strengthen our self worth wow um you've actually like helped me so much because i the way you explain it i think we all kind of have these self doubts these internal doubts that we feel about ourselves and that as women we would naturally take um the blame or feel that you know something is our fault so yeah thank you for those tips i am sure that people listening to this right now will find those very helpful so sakshi congratulations on publishing your book sex care it's so exciting it says it's a self help guide to sexual wellness please can you tell us more about it you know how did it come about and you know what can we find uh, if we have to read this book thank you so much sadasha i am so um excited and nerve-wrackingly nervous about it because yeah it's a first it's a first time that i've published anything and i still i don't know i just still feel that i am not experienced enough even though uh my experience pool has been vast but i still feel i'm not experienced enough ah imposter syndrome you all have been there see like, like i just talk, spoke about self worth <laughs> <laughs> see the, the therapist comes back to it but uh i don't i really have no idea how this came into being but i think um i do distinctly remember that um in 2020 my father was diagnosed with um metastatic cancer end stage cancer basically and um it, it was really bad and i could not work for a very long time and looking at the kind of therapy that he received or the education that he received about his own condition um what would happen next and so on and so forth i would have been really happy if somebody would have also mentioned about sexual health um now this is coming from me because uh, i am a daughter and i i know people find it really cringy to talk about and discuss these things with their parents but how are we assuming that somebody that age is not sexually active and why is there an assumption like that why is why aren't we making these conversations happen in the mainstream irrespective of knowing that even if this person has say 10 kids or says about to retire why are we assuming that they do not have a sex life and why are we waiting for clients to approach these questions honestly they have just um met with death they have understood what they have understood and received a life ending uh, diagnosis which is really difficult and you know we think that uh it's probably not the right time or we shouldn't have but to be very honest throughout his care for 10 months nobody ever brought it up and it's just assumed that he cares it's not a priority um it, just so many assumptions about it and i just wondered how helpless my father or anybody else i mean there are younger patients there um my father was to 60 um i saw younger patients come in there and i'm assuming that again they wouldn't have been provided with any sexual counseling or mental health counseling unless asked unless asked but 
Um, given the kind of situation, given the kind of population there is in India, we do not much, we do not know much about healthcare. We practically know nothing about healthcare in a way. And I think I, I just want to believe that is how that is where I think the idea started. And I just started writing, and I wanted to put it out as an ebook. And then my brother was like, "Why don't you reach out to somebody, or you know, why don't you reach out to a publishing house and turn it into a book?" and you can still keep it as an ebook but you know what if people need it and i think that is how it came into being after um, multiple <laughs> multiple mental and technical breakdowns it's, it's finally here uh now coming to the second part of your question what can one expect i think this wholesome conversation um uh the book has been to just to give an overview to anybody who is watching this or listening to this i'm so sorry um that the book has been divided into three sections the whole idea is to move from introspection and also some sensory based activities um now the first part again as we talk about here we talk about sexual self worth we talk about touch we talk about sensations which is such an underrated skill when it comes to um just a human body and in general our overall sexuality these two senses are so highly highly underrated because we think that everything that is about sex is concerned with genitals but genitals come way down the line sex first happens on your mind then on your skin and your body and then your genitals i mean there's a lot more that you have to cover and i think that is how the book progresses uh it first helps you understand your body helps you challenge your mind and your heart and then finally helps you devise an action plan for your genitals with your partners without your partners and yeah that's the that's the whole that's what the whole book is about it's about introspection challenging yourself trying to be a little bit more curious about seeking pleasure and understanding pleasure but on your own terms that is amazing and i love that you bring in the conversation about sexual health into the mainstream if anyone wants to purchase your book um we we can we find it currently it's only available for the indian audiences which is on amazon.in but i am working towards bringing it on for a global distribution on amazon as well as ebook ebook kindle version as well so once that happens i'll definitely send you all a link and help your listeners also reach to that um once it's available on kindle then then i'm definitely getting my copy i can't wait um so let's let's chat a little bit about uh sex toys how do you introduce them to your partner um i think a good place to know is if uh, so that oh, okay so if you are somebody who has used sex toys before or not used sex toys before um just know that having a conversation does help and i think uh, so i usually say this these are like a three tips for any conversation by remembering like three t's timing tone and turf so bring up this conversation about using a sex toy in a very non sexual context you know say you're going for like an evening walk you are having an intimate dinner um anything like that which is not sexual in context where you can actually go ahead and talk you are in your complete senses and most importantly you feel relaxed 
you are energized and so are your partners because you do not want them to be irritated or angry when you have this conversation because yeah that's that's going to be disappointing secondly your tone um i think approaching anything with curiosity is what helps your partners as well what happens usually is when we talk about bringing in toys in an intimate settings some partners do get threatened that they will be replaced by the toy which is absolutely not the situation um toys are not threatening they are an extension of your pleasure and honestly so they will be an extension uh, you have to use it to know it so just understand and approach this question and area with curiosity you could use statements like you know um i have been you know i have been looking into this toy or you know i came across an ad while i was scrolling the social media or you know while i was going through youtube or anything for that matter um and this seemed really interesting what do you think about it or would you be interested in including something or you know spicing it up and adding some elements of this into our life you know probably we could go ahead and shop for this and so on and so forth so just making sure your partners are a part of it is really really important in this conversation lastly the turf so just know that it has to be done at a very good place for example when you were trying to set the environment make sure it's it's you too and you are also trying to keep this environment as as neutral as possible but also understanding that there are no noises imagine imagine if you have kids trying to make sure that you are having a conversation say probably when your kid has gone to bed or when your kid isn't around um or if you have stepped out of the house generally is a really good idea because that gives you a space uh, and allows you all to be with each other so i think these are few ways to bring this into while few things to remember when you're planning to bring sex toys into bedroom thank you for that that's really really helpful so we've chatted about your book and some of your work i also wanted to ask you what are some of the challenges that you face as you know a queer brown woman in sexual health um has it been challenging absolutely i mean does it when has anything good come without its set of challenges and i i would like to think about it the same way but um yeah it's it's been the same be it my seniors be it some colleagues um i would say the negative has been quite low i have tried to focus on a lot of positives because as we are here you could have found me um you couldn't have found me if uh, my peers hadn't supported me in say starting a very simple um instagram page uh, i can connect with a global community people recognize my work i can publish a book today um so definitely uh all of this happened only because we have all realized that there have been some gaps which have to be filled slowly and steadily but i think yeah the struggles have been the same um it it has taken a lot of time say convincing the family <laughs> educating the family um educating professors sensitizing people understanding the broad scope of our work i mean i do not see many therapists including sex workers um, into their scope of work into their scope of care and i think as we go ahead i think i'll find more struggles but that only makes me realize that we have more work to do 
and in which direction should my work be going towards so it's it's a it's a motivation sometimes yeah awesome. um i think the the work you're doing is amazing and so necessary um in the world that we're living in so um i just want to ask you one last question before we end um, very often you find that um, in relationships, um, partners may have mismatched uh, libidos. So what happens when one partner has a higher libido? I think uh, acknowledging that you have mismatched libidos is one way to go about it because um, we usually have a way of um, fetishizing people who have higher libidos or sort of pathologize them. So that's um, th that's something that we keep on doing. But um, for the next step to go about it is that you do not always need a partner um, when you want to pleasure yourself. I think we do expect our partners to have a similar sort of a libido. But if not, then I think navigating a midway where not your where your partner doesn't have to be a part of all your encounters is also essential um remember earlier in this conversation we were talking about expectations and communicating those expectations now it goes the same way around expecting your partner to not want sex and expecting your partner to want more sex are both very unreal expectations you can't change your libidos according to it however you can work around it um if you think there are other ways to explore intimacy, which can say be cuddling, kissing, massaging, um, just, just exploring that there is there are a whole lot of the avenues that uh, for you to explore pleasure that can be explored with your partner and without your partner. And just keeping the creativity on. At some point, that is something that leads to a very, very long way. Another suggestion uh, which I'm going to repeat is please bring in a professional, be it an occupational therapist or a sex therapist, please bring them along in, if you find it difficult to navigate mismatched libidos in your relationship because these both professionals are going to help you stay creative um, and also customize and tailor a, a really sexy, sexy menu for you, both of you, um, that you can apply to your lives. So, but I think, yeah. Uh, there's a good starting point that I've left you with. That's amazing. I, I never thought of a sexy menu before. That's a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sakshi, one more thing. Where can people find you? Is it online? Do you have a website? Let us know. Absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, by the handle sex.love.com and OT and my website goes by the same name sexloveandot.com so these are these are the three places that you can find me um yeah pretty simple awesome. thank you so so much I've learned so much from you and I hope we get to chat again thank you so much for having me over Danusha and Megan it has been an absolute delight connecting with people who want to talk about sexuality more often especially women so thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Colour. Check out our Instagram page called Conversations with Women of Colour and we'll see you there.